You're listening to Passion Pod number 39 with Alex from Alexi. So, Alexi, if you were to describe it. So, Alexi specialises in clothing with history sourced from around the world. Boom! <laughs> it's like you ra- you'd yes. rehearse it. Well, it is. It's on my website. <laughs> One of the kind of big ideas underpinning it is that it's obviously vintage clothing, but it's trying to make people look at vintage clothing in a new way. It's something that's got history, it's got a story, it's not just sort of thrift. And also this idea of sort of sourcing stuff from around the world, so like people shopping by location rather than by era. Yeah, and I also think. I think with vintage now being such a popular thing, it kind of gives it, I am by no means a fashionista, but it gives it a bit more of an identity of its own by having that slant. Yeah, because, yeah, there are millions of vintage brands. I'm a big vintage fan, but I know that not everyone is, and, like, it's not everyone's bag rifling through rails of, sort of, granny dresses. Moth yeah. Yeah, so, um, sort of, one of the big ideas behind Alexi is that it's vintage clothing, but it's sort of beautiful, amazing items of clothing, and it's sort of hand-selected, it's edited, and I'm trying to, sort of, take vintage clothing to a new audience. I mean, if you look at the website, it's all very minimal, and the idea behind that is, sort of, framing these clothes, so it's not just like, oh, God, look at all these, like, disgusting sort of yeah moth-eaten jumpers so it's like a piece of art almost I don't know if that's quite what you're going yeah, for no, it, yeah it is the clothes they are I mean at the moment the kimonos are all completely unique they're like if you're buying one of those there's no one else in the world's going to have it they're mainly bespoke when they were made so it's nice because they've had that reaction for people and it's nice to sort of have people confirming like the reason you're doing it and yeah, because yeah. it's you, I guess, to start with. It's coming from you. You know, it's just you in your head, the idea, to then get the affirmation of, actually, yeah. okay, this isn't just me thinking yeah, I've got yeah. some. Talk me through the sort of, like, story of how it evolved. What is your sort of backstory? A little I, mini timeline. Mini, mini timeline. <laughs> so I am a fashion designer originally. I trained in fashion. So I worked as a designer for a while, and then I went to... Now I work as a trend forecaster in my sort of day job. Pretty handy with fashion. Pretty handy. <laughs> And yeah, I've always wanted to set up a business, so I was always sort of finding something, a spark to kind of set it off. And I think my day job was really helpful in kind of jump-starting this, because I obviously knew what was going to come as a trend, I knew where to source stuff. Like, Alexi sort of came about from a lot of big sort of consumer trends that are happening, one of them being people wanting kind of unique clothing and special clothing, kind of reaction against mass market. So yeah, my day job is is a huge benefit. It's really cool that because so often, you know, chatting to people with these passion pods, like there's such a division between people saying, you know, you can do a day job that has nothing to do with what you're doing because it gives you the money and you can go off and yeah. do your stuff. And then the other sort of camp, exactly like yourself saying, you know, this you is feeding, you know. yeah, feeding into it as well. Yeah, I totally see both sides because sometimes I do wish I was doing something I didn't care about because it'd be quite nice just to kind of switch off, you know, <laughs> yeah. just like do a nine to five, earn my money and go Somebody home. Somebody tell me and what like, to do. Yeah, because I do have sort of panics quite a lot of the time when I'm trying to do two things at once and getting calls when I don't work to do with the business and I don't know having to juggle it it's quite difficult because I do care about my day job a lot but I also wanted to make this work so I don't really know how it's going to work but for now I mean obviously I couldn't survive without my job so it's sort of necessary I mean I'd love it if it was something I could live from but I mean I have no idea so for now yeah I have a business plan that's probably very optimistic but we'll go we've got to aim high sweet otherwise <laughs> none of us would bloody do any of it <laughs> lucky you've even got a business plan well no I only that actually came about halfway through the setting up I was like so, I was like, so have you done a business plan yeah no I've just been concentrating on the look but <laughs> yeah that's the thing I think as well isn't it when perhaps more creative minded it's when you're setting up your own business it's that whole cross section of stuff how did you find sort of covering the different bases you know the accounts Difficult. that kind of side yeah 
Um, yeah, I think it's still something that that's like a massive thing I need to work on because obviously my head's completely in the creative side and that's, that's what I know and what I want to spend my time on. But I have been like pulling a lot of strings, asking a lot of favours of my friends who've all been brilliant. But at some point I definitely need some professionals on board yeah. if it takes off because that has been a real challenge. Actually, the biggest challenge along the way has been I kind of wish someone, it's another business idea, right sort of dummy's guide for people to setting up a business. Oh like, my God, it's hello. The most, it's the most impossible thing. I spent so much time Googling stuff and it's so complicated. Like no one just tells you this is what you've got to do. So everything, every step of the way, I've just kind of, you know, someone's like, have you done this? I'm like, no, nobody told me. Like, oh, no, exactly. And so many people say the same thing. And actually, I think our generation are lucky in the sense that resources are starting to yeah. be accumulated. I know with our little website, we've just, with the redo, actually, we've put this sort of section pollinator, which is lists of places which is cheap to yeah, rent and things that. like that. And it's that kind of thing that, you know, what is it, public liability insurance or, you know, yeah. trademarking. Well, today. Well done, babes. <laughs> About an hour ago. Um, but yeah, as I say, there are starting to be things out there, but it's how you tap into it. Where do you even start? Yeah, so difficult. Um, what did you find was the best advice then? Was it just talking to people, yeah, who'd done the similar thing or...? Yeah, a bit. I mean, I do have a few friends who've done stuff, but not that many. Actually, most of it was just through trial and error. Like, I'd hit a wall and then I'd be on the phone to someone and they'd say, well, to get this next stage, you have to do this. You know, I just thought, you know, just make a website, get people to pay you. <laughs> I do, sort And of. then sell your stuff. Yeah, just sell your stuff. Um, and obviously, there's so many people now trying to do that. It would be brilliant if someone just told you, these are like the 10 steps. This is what you have to do. Because actually, it delayed me so much I, I sort of had a timeline from January okay I'm gonna have it launched by like end of February and it, I launched it in June so it's just it was the longest road and it was all because I just didn't really I mean I was totally feeling my way I didn't really know what I was doing but don't you think that's part of the process in the sense that yeah wouldn't it be amazing to have these things and hopefully one day it'll be a lot easier because you know, people are doing this more and more, setting up their own thing, and so it's becoming much more of a practiced art, I guess. Yeah. But for a lot of people, that can also be a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways. There was quite, yeah, there's quite a lot, actually, that I... And funny enough, like, I did sort of a massive brainstorm at the beginning of the year, and when I wrote my business plan really late... <laughs> when I wrote that and I sort of compared it to this big brainstorm in January actually it was quite different and it, it was probably I did need those months to kind of think about it and work out and I, in that time I went back to Japan for another buying trip and got much better stuff so it kind of yeah it sort of evolved so it's not like you, the, the entire of your life you've had this vision to create this website no. it's something that very much sort of things just slotted into place a bit yeah I, like, I think it's very much about just starting somewhere because I've been thinking for years like oh I'm going to do this I'm going to do this and I've got all these crazy ideas and, and it was actually my parents who were like look just do it actually I'm really lucky to have parents who just said let's go with it because really I needed that to be like okay and basically I total like flea market car boot fanatic <laughs> never had been that I went in sort of second hand store so it was I was thinking how can I make this make money and, I, and there were so many people doing it that it would have to be something quite different and I actually I'd had loads of other ideas behind vintage going back going and sorting stuff and then you know going around to design houses and selling them because there is lots of money to be made you know you can sell them like one jacket and to a designer and you know pay sort of a grand for it just to be able to send it to China and get it remade but actually I didn't really want to do supply in the industry because that's sort of what I do actually in my job anyway it's like business to business and I do enjoy it but I quite wanted to just try my luck at setting up a brand and see if I can like apply that to my own thing in a sort of really small way so I go usually once a year to Tokyo for my job I bought these 
kimono back and over that summer I wore them a few places and that it's just funny because you just think oh I just bought this back as a thing but actually so many people kind of responded to them and then it became a big trend on the catwalk so I thought well now's the time and at least if it's tied in with a commercial fashion trend it's a good way to like start selling and it's worked because I mean that meeting last week with Topshop just was the proof that they were just like yeah we want this and it's because it's a trend like if it had been completely something completely random they would have been like yeah it's nice but I don't know maybe it's a bit too expensive or whatever but they're like yeah let's get it in because it's so of the moment so that was really nice I mean like okay it sort of worked so actually yeah I guess it's sort of fairly kind of a haphazard I don't know it feels a bit like it, it wasn't hugely thought out in terms of it just sort of happened but I think maybe that was actually quite a good thing because you know when you overthink and overthink it's funny like how all the little segments and it's all that creativity of thinking oh well, my own business not quite sure and different ideas and then how it sort of kind of it does it makes it belittles it but it does just fall into place a bit yeah and so many people are the same it's like that and then kind of it. that's just kind of how it and you have, yeah and it's all those pre-thoughts obviously and all of that stuff but I love that it's like something that's been staring you in the face in a funny kind of way for for, for ages yeah suddenly just has one last sort of well, yeah, then. and I think what my yeah my sister-in-law actually said to me the other day. She's like, "It's great you're doing this because it makes me sound really thank you." But no, like, don't be she's silly. like, she's like, I always really envy the fact that you pick up all this stuff from all over the world, or like, I don't know, I find stuff in a weird shop or whatever. And I always, I don't even know I'm doing it, but I always sort of tell her about the story. I'm like, so this is this was made, and this is by this amazing designer, and yeah, she said it makes perfect sense you're doing this because you'd always pick stuff up and you always want to tell people where it's from and why it's special. Like, so. that's, been, that's something you've been doing for your whole yeah, life ever, and you just ever, don't really realise. I just realize. didn't really kind of think that that's kind of maybe why I should be doing this business. Um, so with the, the way that you're sort of dividing it up into, yeah, different sort of areas mm-hmm. or different countries, yeah. Um, do you, how, much, how far in advance have you planned that? I mean, ideally, I will, should be sourcing it now. One thing that I'm trying to sort of keep in mind is not to put too much pressure on myself because it is something I'm doing on the side. If I had all my time and infinite resources, it would be brilliant and I'd go right out now and source the next collection. But so many people I know who've done stuff small and just built it up very slowly over time and have actually sort of done the best. So, Do you find I'm that to... quite a challenge to maintain that pressure off yourself? Yeah, like huge, because I always, my whole life, put so much pressure on myself. I think that's just something that's in you. Like if you're a driven person and you think, I have to do this. If I don't do this, I don't know. And then someone reminds you, like, well, nothing's going to happen. No one's going to care if you don't work till three in the morning. Like no one will notice the difference. And it's only you doing it to yourself. So I have to remind myself. Well, it's better actually when people, when my family remind me or my boyfriend, be like, stop it. Go so, to bed. Yeah, go to Be bed. Not for a week. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't helpful. Constructive. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's them. talk about some of the stuff you brought though. So you brought me some kimonos. Yes. I just can't believe the variation in them because yeah. they do. You know that whole sort of piece of clothing with the history. Yeah. You know, even the material of it. It's so hard to describe it when it's in audio, but like, I guess that's the beauty of vintage. Yeah. But especially when it's from a different culture. Maybe that sounds naive, but no, no, like it. I there's mean, a real story in it. Yeah, and also generally with traditional heritage garments from around the world, they do tend to be crafted and they're made from amazing fabrics. That's just the nature of this sort of clothing because it's all handmade. And I all mean, these like, lovely stitches, yeah. I just absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean these these would have been made sort of to order. Usually they're all bespoke. A lot of this is they get kind of altered over time. They change the colours and the linings because like Japanese obviously very into cleanliness so that they change the bits that you kind of wear close to your body and then this is like quite amazing because a lot of the tacking lines it's sort of like ultimate dry clean they basically take the whole garment apart clean it and stitch back together and then they tack the the edges so that the material stays in place until you want to wear it 
That is unbelievable. God, we have something to learn. Uh, I know, um, we're like chucking in the washing machine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and like just thinking of the clothes that you buy from a high street shop, you know, the way that that feels. Yeah. And it's a different world really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'll show you this one actually. So we're going back to the amount of time and then I've got lots that are like Ooh, this. It feels very different. Yeah, it's called Shibori. It's sort of Japanese tie-dye. So each of these little dots are tie-dyed. Are you joking? No. <laughs> and I've got They're one at home. tie-dyed. Yeah, so it takes quite a long time. And, and it gives it a really cool texture yeah, as well, actually. The tie-dye is so micro that, it, I mean, it feels like almost like sort of stingray skin or something. It's t- so tiny. And um, apparently it would have taken six months to make. Six <laughs> months? Extreme. Oh I mean, that one wouldn't have, but the long one. Because they just, they wrap a little string around each of those. It must be so cool for you to hunt all of these out. Yeah, I mean, I do love it. I don't know how, it would be interesting to see how kind of sustainable it is. I mean, eventually, if I got bigger, I'd have to have people sourcing it because I couldn't do it myself. But it's nice being... You could save yourself one little collection. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I would be doing it's the new one. one. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm going to uh, Vietnam. Where do I, yeah, exactly, where do I want to go on holiday? <laughs> do you find it hugely inspiring? The discovery element, like I was mentioning before, it must be a good fuel for you. Oh, yeah. So I knew nothing about these before I went to Japan. I know about clothes, but that's the cool thing about going out there. What, yeah, if you were to start this off again, what advice do you think you'd have given yourself? It's kind of hard because I sort of feel like I'm still very much in the throes of starting it up. I think maybe with this project is that I... Actually, I don't know. I Some people, like my boss, she's been brilliant and has been really encouraging. And she, sort of the whole way and in February, was like, have you made any phone calls? Have you called Liberty yet? Have you called Topshop yet? And I was like, oh, no, because I'm doing the website. And for me, that was the most important thing. And I'm really pleased with the way it looked. I don't regret putting all the time into it, but maybe she was partly right. I probably should have also done it all at once and got stuff out to sort of buyers earlier because I'm very much sort of like, I focus on one thing and I want to make, I'm a perfectionist. I want that to be able to look amazing. And then do it in sort of this linear thing. I mean, I could have probably sent it out to press before I had everything like completely as I wanted I don't know I think maybe I could have been a bit faster but but then at the same time people are made differently and your processing is to do it one by one some people is just to do 10 things at a time I guess yeah. that's a personal way of yeah um, maybe I don't know yeah but I don't I mean so early but so far it sort of seems to be going alright so I'd say do exactly what you're going to do over the next six months just so yeah. you've done it well just do it I yeah. guess yeah I mean that is that's amazing I'd say that's my 21 year old self definitely because it's taken me quite a long time but then having said that I think now for me is the right time to do it because thank god I didn't do it straight out of uni because a lot of people leave fashion school thinking brilliant designer I've just done this collection it was amazing and then sort of reality check it's like oh can't find a job and then when you do find a job it's not as exciting as I thought it was going to be and all this sort of thing but then through being in quite a kind of maybe it's sometimes boring design not boring but like difficult design job where it's sort of it's all it's quite commercial and it's real and it's not about sort of putting a lampshade on your head or like I don't know whatever like, <laughs> love to see those you know, pictures mate like a uni you know it's commercial it's like dirty work and you had to do something super creative which is brilliant when you're at uni but then you come out and you're like you can't apply that to any job so I think having a few years under my belt is so good and so now because I know how the industry works I know how to make stuff commercial I know about sort of marketing branding and so I'm glad I'm doing it now no I think I think that is the thing I think it does vary I think for some people it is you know straight out of uni or straight out of school is the time yeah but um, I think there's a lot to be said for you know for that experience especially if it's feeding into what you're going to end up doing yeah and I am always quite jealous of people who've done it sort of 10 years ago because I think how brilliant because obviously if they've been successful they're doing really well now and I'm like if I just got my act together when I was 19 but actually you know there's no point saying that because I was a completely different person when I was 19 and I don't know I don't know what I would have done for me personally I needed all this time to kind of like grow and find what I want to do and get experience so hopefully now I'm kind of on track 
and hopefully make it work. You've been listening to Passion Pod number 39 with Alex from Alexi. 